You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. As always, got a lot to get to ahead on this show. It's a game preview edition to get you ready for Washington State tomorrow afternoon at Martin Stadium up on the Palouse. What to expect from that game. We'll also dig into BYU basketball a bit. They had their annual media day yesterday. What did we learn? We'll delve into some of that talk. And of course, catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan as we round out the week, including a preview of where you can find all the Cougar teams you care about in action this weekend. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor, McDonald's, folks. Yes, McDonald's is with us. Love having them on board as a title sponsor here. Our friends at McDonald's have proudly been serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, without further ado, though, let's get into the podcast. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 22nd, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Our goal here, I'll state it again, is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans out there. And the way to do that is to make sure you listen to the show every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Now, today's show is is going to be a lot of BYU football and Washington State talk. We'll also talk some BYU basketball here in a little bit, but a huge game tomorrow afternoon. 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, 12.30 for any of you going up to Martin Stadium there in Pullman to watch the Cougars in action. It will be televised on Fox Sports 1 or FS1, and I'm looking forward to this game, folks. I think that BYU has a lot to prove in this contest because they're coming off a two-game losing streak. They want to get back into the win column. This was a team, it's hard to believe, but it's true. Just two weeks ago, or I guess almost three weeks ago now, BYU is the number 10 team in the country. Suddenly, they're on the outside looking into the top 25. But that's what happens when you lose back-to-back games and lose in the fashion that BYU did. A disappointing loss, obviously, to a less-than-stellar Boise State team and then getting absolutely pulverized by a very good Baylor team and suddenly you're on the outside of the top 25 looking in. There's a big opportunity staring BYU in the face to get back into the win column. And I truly believe, as I said earlier this week when I talked about the fact that this is a season that's a little bit of at a... At a breaking point, a teetering point, whatever you want to term it. This is a season that BYU can ill afford to go 7-5. and five. It's one of those seasons you need to see 8-9, maybe 10 wins to really feel like, okay, this is a successful year, especially considering the start that BYU enjoyed racing out to a 5-0 and record. What is BYU going to face when they get to Pullman? Well, they're going to face one of the better quarterbacks, I think, that doesn't get his just due in Jaden Delora, a guy that was suspended for most of the offseason, doing an offseason DUI offense, and 
his split time with the former Tennessee quarterback Jaron Garantano. But Jaden Delora, since he has returned to the lineup after also dealing with an injury, he's been lights out. He is 1,476 yards passing on a 62.6% completion percentage. He's got 15 touchdowns against five interceptions, and he's also a dual threat. I know he only has 60 yards rushing on the season, but he does have a touchdown rushing, and he is a, absolutely a threat to run the football at any point. The run-and-shoot offense is something he has been well-tutored in. I know that Craig Stutzman was one of the coaches that was dismissed alongside Nick Rolovich and had taken over play-calling duties amidst their three-game win streak recently for the, I guess we'll call them Wazoo Cougars. Well, the thing is, Jaden Delora, he can call this offense himself. He has been coached in it by guys like June Jones since the time that he was a freshman in high school. He knows this offense inside and out. He is absolutely well-versed in it, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him given some latitude to change plays, go out there, and kind of do his thing because it's an offense that's simple in principle, but it's a little intricate in how you understand how it's going to operate. But once you understand it, it's really, really effective. He has two very good wide receivers he'll be throwing it to. Their two lead receivers on the season are Calvin Jackson. He has 460, uh, 476 yards receiving and four touchdowns. Travell Harris, just behind him, 465 yards receiving and five touchdowns. And then Dijon Stribling, number three, 281 yards receiving and three touchdowns. So between those three guys, there's 12 touchdowns of the 16 thrown this season. BYU's got their work cut out for him, and more importantly than that, we all know that BYU had their issues in stopping the run game against Baylor. Well, I know that it's a different type of offense for Washington State, but if they really want to put the run in the run and shoot, they've got two very capable backs who I think could hurt BYU. Max Borgie has been one of the guys who's kind of been overlooked in his time. I know he's played in a pass-heavy offense most of his career, but a very good running back. He has 82 attempts for 421 yards this season, averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Also has five touchdowns on the ground, and the compliment to him is Dion McIntosh. 285 yards, a 4.8 yard per carry average, and just one touchdown for him. This is an offense that's dangerous. And BYU's defense, much maligned in the past few weeks, needs to respond. I was told earlier in the week that Kalani Sitake, in no uncertain terms, laid out exactly what he expected from his defense, essentially told them, shape up or ship out. That, in not so many uh, words, that's what he told this defense. They need to respond. They need to have a good outing here, and I think this is a game where they should have an opportunity to do so. The issue is, is Washington State, I know that they're known for quirky offenses under Mike Leach, etc. They've got a very good offensive line. Abe Lucas, I believe he's their left tackle. He's going to be a high-round draft pick in the NFL this coming NFL draft cycle. A very good player, a good offensive line, and BYU's defense, yes, they're going up against a... uh, an offense that seems to fit their skill set, I guess what their strengths are a little bit better, but it's a very capable offense, and the defense has got to be ready for that. Now, conversely, BYU's offense... They need to get the run game going. So run defense and your rush offense are two keys for BYU in this game because you had an awful day in both of those departments against Baylor. I feel like in the second half of that game, though, BYU kind of went away from the running game because they knew they had to throw the ball to catch up, and there was some success in the passing game, and there's no reason to think that you're not going to see Jaron Hall slinging the rock all over the field. He has over 600 yards, uh, 644 yards in the past two games. 
Very, very capable of slinging it down the field, and he's got a lot of good wide receivers, as we all know. The issue is, is Washington State's got a pretty good defense. Their headliners on defense are four players I want you guys to know about. Jihad Woods is their leading tackler, has 45 total tackles on the season. Has not been as good as I thought. Jihad Woods was a preseason all-pack 12 caliber guy. Has had a decent year, obviously leading the team in tackles. is nothing to sniff at, but outside of that, really only has one other thing on the stat sheet, and that's one pass breakup. His running mate at linebacker Justice Rogers is just behind him with 43 tackles on the year. He has two pass breakups and one interception. And then Ron Stone, he is their pass rusher off the edge. A very talented defensive end. 35 tackles on the year. Leads the team with four sacks. Brennan Jackson, I believe a transfer from USC, is second on the team in sacks with three and a half. So two guys who can get off the edge and get after the quarterback. And then in the defensive backfield, they have got a break, uh, not a breakdown, a lockdown cornerback, in my opinion, in Armani, Armani Marsh. I think he's a guy who's going to play in the NFL. Very, very good football player. But BYU should still be able to take advantage of this secondary because Armani Marsh does not make up for the other four guys, three or four guys in that secondary. And BYU's got plenty of capable wide receivers. Puka Nakua loves going against the best. Gunnar Romney's been very effective. Neil Pout just continues to torch teams. I think BYU's going to have plenty of success on offense here. So there's a big, big opportunity for BYU to bounce back get back into the win column and funny enough to win this game they're bowl eligible they lock up their spot in at least the Shreveport uh, Independence Bowl or the Radiance Technologies I, I can't even remember the name of the bowl game they're going to Shreveport Louisiana barring something unforeseen there is a contract uh, stipulation in their bowl deal that they could end up in what is what was known as the Cactus Bowl in Tempe Arizona I know it's got a new name now something uh, company bought their naming rights to it. But with a win, BYU becomes bowl eligible once again, and that's an accomplishment, no doubt about it. But the biggest thing in this contest is BYU needs to prove that they have learned their lesson. It was an awful, awful outing against Baylor. There is no defending it. Uh, I saw Gregor Bell last night tweet out that BYU had snapped a pretty lengthy streak of uh, when uh, they had won games, obviously when they were up in the turnover margin, but when they were even in the turnover margin, they'd won a number of games as well. It snapped a streak of that when they lost to Baylor, and that indicates to me that you were even in the turnover margin. Well, Baylor just beat you up, and that's what we saw in that game. So another Power Five opponent, another opportunity to go four and zero against the Pac-12 and strike fear in the hearts of the Pacific 12 Conference with another win on the Palouse and. I frankly expect BYU to win this game. I'll give you my score prediction here in a little bit, but this is a huge, huge contest for BYU to prove that they have learned their lessons. Will they have learned their lesson? Well, they've got to go out and prove that because we will break it down, obviously, right here with our postcast edition tomorrow evening once that game wraps up. But there is a big, big question mark about BYU's ability to respond now considering they haven't responded for the better part of two weeks. Will they get back into the win column? I think they will. I'll give you my score prediction here in just a little bit. Now, coming up here in just a moment, we'll talk a little bit about BYU basketball. They're getting ready for their upcoming season. They had their annual media day yesterday, allowing the media to ask them questions. What did we learn? We'll dig into some of that momentarily. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at McDonald's. Love having them on board as our title sponsor of today's show. And, folks, 
I'm a huge fan of McDonald's, and this episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there, and the best part about it is that any of you who grew up like I did probably had a birthday party at McDonald's. There's a famous photo my parents still talk about and they still have in their house to this day of me slumped over in my car seat. I believe I was two years old at the time. I literally have a McDonald's hamburger in one hand. I've got a sleeve of fries in the other. My head slumped over. I'm dead asleep, but I have got firm grip on my, on my Happy Meal. McDonald's has been part of my life my entire life. Absolutely love this place. Been going there literally since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I want you guys to understand how important McDonald's is because it truly is a place that you can refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Cougars watch party potentially? Hey, we may have to do it. There's a lot of McDonald's out there that have TVs, and we have to maybe delve into that and see if that might actually be an option down the road here. So I want you guys to check it out. That's McDonald's, our good friends. I love this restaurant. I couldn't be more excited to have them on board with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. So check it out, guys. That's McDonald's. I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Da-da-da-da-da.